Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us all here today for our Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is, what day is it? Ah, yes, it is April 6th, 2021, Easter Tuesday. And, uh, We'll continue to consider the post-resurrection appearances of our Lord and consider how, uh, of course, they teach us who he is, what he's come to do, and uh, how he comes to comfort us. All right, let's get our devotion up on the screen here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse together. Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 7 through 8. Say our psalm for this week, Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. The light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Acts chapter 2. This is from the Pentecost sermon. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. 
and then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. There ends the reading. And then our reading for catechesis is a continuation according, uh, of the gospel according to St. Luke in chapter 24. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. There ends the reading. All right. Uh, when they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, the ghosts gathered together. When was this? This was all, again, on the road. It was night, right? So now Jesus is appearing to them Easter Sunday evening. What would be Sunday evening for us or Monday for them? Ah, they didn't call it Monday, but you know the idea. How did Jesus greet his disciples? This is powerful language right here in verse 36. Peace to you. Peace to you. Right? And what sort of peace was he giving? Well, the only peace that he does give, actually, is the peace of sins forgiven. Yeah, so he's speaking freedom to them from all their doubts and their fears and the way that their, weight, their conscience is weighed down. Um, but note how they responded to these words. Meant to give peace, they responded instead with terror and fright, right? They were terrified and frightened. I suppose they had seen a, a spirit or a ghost. Um, would this, or why would this be unbelief? Okay, they recognize him, but they say they see a spirit, right? So what, what are they denying then? Let's say they're denying the resurrection of the body, right? That Jesus could be resurrected in his body. All right. Um, and what was troubling them? Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? That's what it is, right? Their doubts are what's giving them trouble, not, not his appearance. Um, what did he tell them they should do? Handle me, right? Touch me and see my, my hands and my feet, right? Because the spirit does not have flesh and bones as I do. 
right? So this is very important for the confession of the Christian faith. We actually confess it um, in all of the creeds in one way or another, right? Resurrection of the dead or the resurrection of the body, depending on the creed. Yeah, our, our resurrection of the body can only be confessed on the basis of Christ's resurrection in, his, in the body, right? So if Christ is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain, Paul would say. How did the uh, disciples react to his hands and feet? I love this expression here, verse 41. They, were, they still did not believe for joy and marveled and said to them. So they did not believe for joy and they marveled. Hmm. That's too good to be true, I think is the expression we might use, right? Why did Jesus direct their attention to his hands and his feet? I think back to last week, right? The nails pierced him. Uh, that's where the nails pierced him on the cross. What other physical activity did he perform as evidence of his resurrection then? And we'll hear a similar story tomorrow uh, from the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, he ate broiled fish and honeycomb, right? So uh, what kind of spirit could do that? <laughs> um, it's important to note, and uh, this is one of the occasions I think it's, it's worth bringing uh, to our knowledge is that this is a resurrection of the body, the body that you've been given to, um, in your in your birth from your mother's womb. This is not reincarnation. This is that's a uh, Eastern distortion of the resurrection of the body, <clears throat> because in the resurrection, the lifeless body is brought back and restored to life, and in union with the soul. Right. Whereas uh, both body and soul then are confessed to be good, very good indeed, by 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 Jesus Himself at creation. Uh, the heresy of reincarnation teaches that the soul returns to this earth in another body. Right? So this is why we, of course, bury the dead, because it's in that body, and we even say so at the graveside, that, um, that the Lord will cause this body to, to rise from the dead on the last day. Uh, and, that, and that what's really important there is that the body is good. It's a gift from God, um, which the Gnostics and then the Eastern theologians, uh, false theologians, the false religions, teach the body being inherently evil or, or at least um, neutral, right? Not good, not necessarily evil, but, uh, but neither good nor evil, just more like a, um, oh, I don't know, a shell or a cage, right? But our confession is inherently that the body is good, and that's why the Lord raises this body. How does this text then prove that we will not become angels in heaven? Another false teaching that you'll often see on, on the Facebook and other places. <laughs> yeah, we have our physical bodies just as Christ has his body. Angels are spirits that have no body. Right? Sometimes appear in bodily form, um, but it's an appearance. It's not an actual bodily um, existence. All right. Uh, what's Jesus emphasizing then in verse 44? This is key. We've heard this throughout his whole ministry. Now he emphasizes it here again. All things must be fulfilled, right? Which were written by the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning him. Of course, when we say law, prophets, and psalms, what are we, what's that a catchphrase for, maybe? What we call the scriptures or the Old Testament. Uh, what does Jesus say then is taught in the Old Testament? Verse 46, right? Uh, 47 as well. That is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Essential teaching. Uh, 46 refers to his suffering, uh, preaching Christ's suffering. And how is this identified in the very next verse? Right, so there's a parallelism going here between verse 46 and 47 that you should note. 
for the Christ to suffer, and that's then connected to repentance, right? Uh, repentance, the proper teaching of the law, crucifies and kills our old flesh. Rise from the dead, then, uh, resurrection on the third day, how is that identified in the next verse? Remission of sins, right? So maybe you haven't uh, thought of this before, but uh, it is what Paul himself says when he talks about baptism being the daily dying and rising. And this is what happens every time uh, you confess your sins and you're absolved, you're forgiven of those sins, is when you confess them, you die. Um, you literally have to put to death um, that which you've said, done. Well, actually, God puts to death, I should say. Um, and then he rises you, to, it raises you up in the forgiveness of sins. So every time forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to the repentant, there is another death and resurrection of sorts. All right. Newness of life raises us up to newness of life, is how Paul says it. Of course, who would hear this preaching? Yes, the whole world, all nations, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, think Matthew 28. And of course, who is going to do this preaching but his disciples, right? Uh, what would be sent to them? You see, it's all in, you have all caps here, or capitalization. The promise of my Father, who is? That would be the Holy Spirit, right? Which will be endued on them, of course, from on high, in Jerusalem, on Pentecost, which you see in verse 49, referred to there. All right, meditation on this text. True peace comes from the confession that Christ has not only suffered in the body, but that he has also risen in the body. Repentant hearts confess that Christ was crucified because we are sinful and that he took our place under that punishment. Since his death made full atonement for sin, thereby fulfilling the law's demand for the sinner's death, it is impossible for death to hold him in its clutches. Therefore, we also confess that Christ rose from the dead as the Father's public and physical declaration that our sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. This resurrection is not just a spiritual event, for our Lord created us as body and soul. Jesus came in a body of flesh and bone and rose in that same flesh. Our bodies were declared good at the creation, and in the resurrection the Father declared them to be redeemed and restored to the good standing, or to good standing for the sake of his Son. If Jesus were but a ghost, we could not proclaim the certainty of our forgiveness or our resurrection from the dead. Jesus directs our attention to his wounds, which are the physical marks of his victory over death, a victory that is also ours through faith. We do not see him or touch him as the disciples did that night, but through the hearing of the word we cling to this truth by faith. In the words of institution, Jesus bids us to come and touch his risen body that he might drive death out of our bodies and mark us for eternal life. So, uh, for this reason, we not only preach Christ and him crucified, but um, a lovely feature of our sanctuary, and probably many of uh, our sanctuaries, is, is actually the figure of Christ himself uh, in his resurrected body, uh, but showing the wounds in his hands and his side. Right, So you can see that um, at our altar here. And when we receive his body and blood in the sacrament, we're receiving that that body and blood which was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And we see the wounds. Um, actually, a couple of our members, that's part of their, their practice, is having received you know, the body, then, then they, um, they acknowledge that statue, actually. Um, you know, just as an image, of course, but an image that does show them uh, the benefit or the fruit, or actually who they're receiving there in the sacrament. Confess this uh, explanation to the second article. 
I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him under, in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. We pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the second article of the Creed, you teach us that your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is the greatest gift of your love for us. He is truly God, begotten of you from eternity, and he is truly man, born of the Virgin Mary. He has become our Lord and Savior by redeeming us from all sins, death, and from the power of the devil with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. We no longer belong to the devil. Sin and death have no power over us. Jesus did all this that we might be his own and that we might live under him in his kingdom in the protection and safety of his everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness for all eternity. For all that Jesus has done for us, we give you thanks and praise. Forgive us for trusting in any work of our own for salvation. Forgive us for doubting your love and the precious gift of forgiveness we have in Jesus. Grant us, through the the grace of your only begotten Son, to believe with absolute confidence that our sins are forgiven and that we stand righteous before you. For Jesus' sake, because he has risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Before we continue, um, how do, and there's a question, how do you acknowledge the wounds? Well, you look, you look upon the wounds, right? I mean, we look upon them with our ears, of course, hearing the gospel text, uh, but there the statue represents that gospel text. It, it uh, makes evident visually um, what we have heard by faith, right, through the word. So they literally just look at look at him. That's it. <laughs> All right, very good. Rather than looking down at the floor, at their hands, or something like that. All right. Let us pray on this Tuesday for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We pray that the Lord help us by the mystery of his holy incarnation, by his holy nativity, by his baptism, fasting, and temptation, by his agony and bloody sweat, by his cross and passion, by his precious death and burial, by his glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. On this April 6th, we pray in Thanksgiving with Marla, who celebrates her birthday, with Lacey, who celebrates her baptism, with John, and uh, who celebrates the gift of healing, and Mariah, in Thanksgiving for her answer uh, to the divine call. We pray for Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Amanda, Timothy, Janice, Sandy, and Linda, Ken, Aaron, and Penny, who are all ill, receiving treatment, or recovering. Our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey and the Missions and Mercy work of the Church, especially Lutheran Heritage Foundation, and Pastor Bloss, and the Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Prayer collect for the day. Almighty God, through the resurrection of your Son, you have secured peace for our troubled consciences. Grant us this peace evermore, that trusting in the merit of your Son, we may come at last to the perfect peace of heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
prepare the collect for this week. Almighty God the Father, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you have overcome death and opened the gate of everlasting life to us. Grant that we, who celebrate with joy the day of our Lord's resurrection, may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Uh, Today, let's sing stanzas. Let's sing stanzas three through five of our hymn for the week Awake My Heart with Gladness. that gladdens what peace it doth impart now nothing ever saddens but joy within in my heart no gloom shall ever shake no force shall ever take the hope which God's own Son in love for me he has won. Now held its prince the devil, their power assured, now I am safe from evil. And sin I have to scorn Grim death with all its might Cannot my soul affright It is a powerless form However it even The world against me rages Its fury on my disdain No bitter war it wages Its work is all in vain My heart for air is free No trouble troubles me Misfortune now is blamed 
Still, my voice is still recovering from uh, a lot of singing last week. All right. Lord be with you all today and uh, keep you safe. It is uh, Tuesday, so tomorrow, Wednesday, we have our congregation prayer at the morning. Uh, I haven't committed yet as to whether to restart the Wednesday night Bible study, but if I do that, I'll let you know tomorrow. Um, I might take the week off yet and start up again next week. All right. So, uh, Lord be with you all, keep you safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow.